everyone, this is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you for joining me tonight. As always, I am so grateful and thankful for your support. I can see how many views there are and it's like you guys are sharing with people and it's it's fantastic to see. I know nothing about making podcasts and so you guys are getting the guinea pig of all guinea pigs. I'm learning as I go and I hope I hope these these episodes are getting better. I know I'm not fantastic when it comes to these things. I just do it from the heart and uh, I enjoy doing it. I feel like I'm talking to my best friend about something that I love to to talk about, which is transformations and well-being and, and all that good stuff. So thank you guys for allowing me to do that. So today's episode is a dedication to a friend of mine who, when he heard the first part that I published a while back, which is called the first episode of Unbreak My Heart, and the only episode, I don't know why I just said first episode, that's that's interesting. He texted me right away and he said, <laughs> he said, when is the next episode of Unbreak My Heart coming out? I, I'm really excited. I was like, what? I, I was I was going to do a second one? So sure enough, I look in my notes and yes, he was right. I have to do a second one because I, I missed out on a couple of points that we needed to make when it comes to healing a broken heart. So thank you, John, for being a wonderful reminder and also a wonderful friend who has um, seen the worst of me and now gets to see probably the best of me. And I'm glad that you were unconditionally supportive both ways. So thank you. Thank you for showing me love and for being a walking, talking demonstration of that. So let's get to Unbreak My Heart Part 2, where we're going to have a discussion or finish the discussion we started on how to heal heartbreak and what do we need to continue to do as we're moving towards this healing. You guys have to remember that it's a process. It takes time. And because we're human beings, we're not robots. So just a reminder to be patient and compassionate with yourself in this process, because this is something that requires intention when you're healing from a past relationship. So the first point I want to make is really something that many people prematurely try to do, which is date before they've actually healed. Let me explain why this is kind of a a quick patch up to something that requires much more self-awareness, much more intentionality in healing. So the patch up job I'm talking about that we attempt to do prematurely is substitution. We substitute our old lover with a new one. Now, this is just, again, to patch up loneliness or to promote our self-esteem in a time where the self-esteem has kind of gone down. Because when we leave a relationship, the thoughts that kind of cross our mind, which are not real, but of course they're going to come, which is, am I worthy of being loved again? Am I going to find love again? Did I not do enough at this relationship? Am I not good enough to make this work? Whatever. Even if you know darn well that this other person was a cheater, a liar, I don't, I don't care. You People still ask these questions in their mind. And when their self-talk sounds so nasty like that, there's no way to go but to avoidance. Avoidance of my own brain, avoidance of my own processing of these emotions, of this breakup, understanding it better. I just go straight to substitution, which is the the major avoidance tactic that we use. 
So we go out, we attempt to go on dating websites or bars, get set up by friends, whatever. Too soon, too soon, my friends. There is an important lesson to be learned in every relationship that we end. When the cycle of this relationship ends, there's a reason for it. And there's a lesson to be learned. There's more improvement that has to be retweaked, I guess, or something has to be recalibrated in us to be able to choose the next partner in a much more intentional way, in a much more useful way. We don't want to keep moving from one partner to another because what you're going to find out when you're doing that often and you're not healing from a relationship before you move on to the next one is that baggage gets dragged out. You have to deal with your baggage because it's unresolved. And next thing you know, if you've had a cheater in your past relationship and let's say you were with a partner that was cheating and you haven't learned to heal from that, what's going to happen is that you're going to start having suspiciousness towards this new relationship. They didn't even earn that level of distrust, but yet you're going to go ahead and give it to them. Not necessary. Not necessary. There's a fear of being alone that's so ingrained in the human population that we end up doing this switch up or substitution out of fear is the best way to describe it. We do it out of fear and there is no healing in it. Again, I didn't learn my lesson. I just took my same old baggage to the next one. And I'm wondering why I'm having really difficult relationships, why things are not working out is because I'm just picking with the same frequency, the same little tuner that I got. I'm picking the same type of partner. I haven't changed much. <laughs> you know what I mean? I might change the name of the person. I might change their hairstyle perhaps or their body shape. But in fact, they are very similar to the last one. They're going to be, they're going to continue to be similar to the last one because you have not processed what you want in a relationship, what didn't work, what you need to improve on when it comes to your gauge in choosing relationships. All of that is an important part of the healing process. And when you jump into a relationship too soon, you're not doing that stuff anymore. You're not really processing anything. You're just going to quick, immediate gratification. Nothing is really worked out. Nothing is really processed and sure enough, it'll pop up again. It's ugly head will rear itself again somewhere in the relationship. And you're like, oh shit, I thought I just got over that. But no, you didn't. No, you didn't because we didn't do the work. The biggest advice I usually give all the clients I see when they're going through a breakup is enjoy being on your own. Enjoy being on your own. There needs to be the learning of a lesson. Understanding and appreciating what we've gone through is very important. And learning from it is very important, like I said. So, yeah, uh, I can't stress this one enough. Substitution is not is not the solution in this case, okay? And that rhymes. I should be a rapper. I don't know. If that podcast thing doesn't work out for me, you guys, the rapping might be the next venture here. Lucky you. All right, so the second point I'm making here is going to be about respecting your decisions, understanding what's important to you, and accepting all versions of yourself in that relationship. Let me explain what I mean by that. A lot of people get stuck on the idea that they were somehow a fool or stupid or naive. They're calling themselves all sorts of names for taking a risk on love. That's what relationships are about. They're about taking a risk. There's nothing foolish about it. I mean, it's 
It's not like you're not getting anything out of it. At one point, that relationship was exciting, was a satisfaction of some form for you. So I don't want you to hate yourself for denying the good memories. I don't want you to dislike yourself for a person who's, for example, cheated on you. Uh, very often people say things like, I'm never going to make the same mistake again. Nobody's going to ever make me look like a fool. If you say stuff like that, please understand you're, you're not healing. You're not healing. Now you've just become defensive and it's useless. It's useless because like I said, the idea of falling in love with someone to and sharing with someone a relationship, it takes risk. And I need you to be kind of foolish to do that. I don't need you to be stiff and defensive and you got to earn my trust and nonsense like that. We don't need none of that. What we need is to acknowledge all versions of us in that relationship. So the version of me that was in love, I need to acknowledge and respect that version. I need to ex accept that version that found out that her boyfriend cheated and learn to love myself for that. I don't need to hate myself because my boyfriend cheated. I don't need to say things like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't pretty enough. Uh, that all that is nonsense. And it's kind of, it, it gets us to post up our defenses and it's unnecessary because I wasn't the, I, I wasn't foolish for me to give my all in a relationship. I'm not the fool. The other person who cheated was, why would I blame myself for what he did? For example, he or she, right? What they did, the cheating, that, that's not my call. I, I did not tell them to go out and cheat. They're the fool. They're the fool. So keep that in perspective because people hate their version of themselves that was vulnerable in that relationship. And the part of themselves that trusted and all of those are what you're supposed to do in a relationship. You were a mature person who trusted, who was vulnerable when they were supposed to be. And when you found out what you found out about this person, then you had to make another decision. So like I said, I need you to respect all versions of you. You're not dumb. You're not an idiot. You're not nothing, nothing. None, none of that is true. You don't need to hate yourself for have, having done what a mature person does in a relationship, which is to trust. Now, we couldn't have helped what this other person did. That's not our choice. It was not our call. So I cannot take the blame for, my, for it and call myself stupid or dumb or fool. Or nobody's going to make me look like a fool anymore. Oh my God, that's just... <laughs> please stop. Please stop. There's no healing in that statement at all. The more defenses you have after a relationship, the more you just knot yourself right up. You just keep tying little knots on you emotionally that you get stuck on and keeps good things and good people away from you. And we don't need none of that, people. So like all versions of you, accept them, appreciate them, respect them, learn from them, learn to understand and love those versions of you that were in that relationship. We need to accept those things. So I hope that makes sense for you because man, I'll, it, it's, a, it's unbelievable how much we get stuck on that. We go back to those memories of, or those, it's not even the memory, but if it's a feeling of I'm stupid. I was a fool for trusting him. And no, you were actually the mature person in the relationship who did this wonderful thing called trust. 
did this wonderful thing called emotionally available and be faithful and be vulnerable when you needed to be. Those are wonderful things. I don't want that. I don't want them to change. That that's what gives you the biggest benefit out of love is that that vulnerability is, is a beautiful thing. That level of emotional availability in a relationship is, is a beautiful thing. That's what trust is about. So I don't want that to change. So the next point that is going to even get us closer and closer to healing is learning how to retell our story of our relationship. When we leave a relationship, we have a story, a narrative in our mind that we may tell other people. <laughs> Unfortunately, we got to tell our story. We have to explain to people why we're not in that relationship anymore and we feel the need to do so, I guess. But it's really important and almost nobody talks about it. How you tell that story about your relationship really implies healing or not healing. And what I mean by that is if you tell the story in the perspective that you are a victim, that you did not enjoy yourself in that relationship, you did not get anything out of it, it was just like you were held hostage, this is going to cause you more anger, more self-wounding. It's going to make it difficult to heal from this because I am the victim and I'm t retelling the story, making the story a reality. I also don't want to go to the extremes as well as uh, I'm not just, you know, where one side is the victim and then on the other side, he's a tyrant <laughs> and he's no good and I, I will survive. I will survive. Hey, hey, I don't need that kind of narration either. We don't need that storytelling. We don't need that. Uh, you did survive, which is wonderful. And learning to take the lesson from it is beautiful. And the lesson doesn't have to be the sharp prison shank-like feeling in our body. It can be something that is a beautiful lesson, something I can learn and understand my human experience with. It's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. So again, the words that you choose, the view that you take on this relationship will really provide the healing and the support for your healing in immense ways. Telling the story like you're a victim or like you survived this and you're not stupid anymore. Your eyes are wide open and, and it's just like, I've, it's just nonsense. It's just nonsense. Stop, stop, stop. I don't, I don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> I don't hear anymore. Somewhere in the middle is even best. Telling the factual reality, uh, and even admitting making someone else look bad is even better. It's kinder and just gentler. I feel good about it. I don't feel like I'm talking trash about someone, even if they deserve it. I'm showing them mercy. Isn't that beautiful? I feel good. I get the bang for the buck. It's not about them. It's about me. To talk about someone in a gentle, kind way, I get the benefits from it, believe it or not. I get to respect myself and I also get to look respectful to other people. I don't need people to feel sorry for me. So if I'm telling them a sob-ass story, I'm wanting them to feel sorry for me secretly. I don't care what you say because some people will say, well, no, I don't want to do, I don't want, I don't want people to feel that way. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. 
I'm here to tell you. Yes, you do. If you tell me a sob story, you want my sympathy. That's basically it. But if you respect yourself and you respect the time that you spent in that relationship, then talk about it that way. It'll heal you. It'll take you to places you've never thought you could go. Even if you don't believe it, you're actually having to work on this narrative, which in a lot of ways, making your brain function in a different way that it hasn't before. It's beautiful. You're doing yourself a favor. You're exercising your brain into a new way of looking at this relationship. So it does not damage you. It doesn't bend you too much. You can bounce back. You can be resilient with it, with that narrative. Strange how words and how we talk about our world makes a difference, but it sure does. I don't want to lie to you. It sure does. So watch your language, watch your words and Show mercy. Show mercy. It's not about being a big person. It's about serving the biggest person of all. Right? So do the right thing and you'll like yourself for it. All right. So I think this is it for all of the three, all three (laughs) strategies to help you with the healing process, to unbreak your heart. Um, So just to recap, First, we talked about no substitutions. If you are going to move from one relationship to another, to another, you're going to miss the point here. You're going to miss the point or the lesson that you need to learn. And I need you to be wide awake to learn it. And when you are trampled up in a, in another relationship too soon, you are, you are not working and have not worked on what you needed to work on. And this has to be done kind of alone because you're working on the relationship with you. You're working on that relationship and that requires you to be alone. There's nothing wrong with that. So respect that time in your life and enjoy it. Enjoy the relationship with yourself just as much as you enjoy it with another person. This way, you're not getting into relationships for the wrong reason. When you love you already, when you like you and have respected your decisions and yourself, more than likely that's what you take into the next relationship. And when you have worked on your healing, that's what you take into the next relationship. You don't dump your baggage onto somebody else and tell them to fix it. No, no. Um, We work on our own stuff to resolve it. So this way we don't take it to the next. So that's no substitutions. The next point we talked about was respecting all versions of you. Learning that all versions of you in that relationship was not foolish, was not dumb. It was you and it was all versions of you. The one that was in love, the version that trusted, the version that that was vulnerable and that was emotionally available and the version that was mature. As well as the version that found out that she's been cheated on and that she trusted somebody that was not worthy of her trust rather than to hate myself and call myself names because somebody acted a fool and decided to cheat in a relationship and destroyed this relationship, I guess. So yeah, don't get hung up on that 
love all versions of you. That's part of the work you're doing when you're hanging out by yourself and resolving those issues and healing. There's a beauty in being alone before you get into a relationship. There's a beauty in that. And please respect that time. Don't get too anxious into getting in a relationship. There's no urgency there. Enjoy it. Enjoy that relationship with you. Love does not have any timing. There is no age group that it is defined by. There is no actual time or season that is defined by. Love has no timing. When we are ready to meet our partner, that partner will show up. And there's no reason for you to think that I'm going to be lonely. If you exist and your uniqueness exists, so, so do they. So you guys are looking for each other. And in order for you to get your frequency set straight, you need to be right with you first. You need to get your gauge, your own gauge right. Your own gauge tuned in the right frequency. So this way you're not picking people uh, out of anxiousness, out of loneliness. You're picking them because you, you're you like, yeah, this, I, this is the guy. This is it. Or this is the girl. This is who uh, is a compliment to my life. It makes sense. This, I look at this relationship and it makes sense. That's what we want to say. All right. So take your time. Don't rush. Enjoy. Enjoy all phases of your life, all versions of you. And finally, learn to retell that story in a different way. Again, in itself, that's an exercise that is an actual action exercise that you can do that will retell the story so you are telling the facts to yourself that you are healing in the process and that there's no villain and there's nobody that kept you hostage or that made you a victim. That's the point of that. If you can remove all those things I just said out of that story, you probably can make a really good story that is going to support your healing rather than your self-destruction and your self-victimization. So this is the time to end it because we've said all we needed to say and I hope this has helped you guys. It has certainly helped me and reinforces me and a milestone in my life. That was pretty important. So thank you so much for allowing me to do that tonight. I'm sending you love. This has been an episode of Drive-Thru Therapy. Thank you.